who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. Each Monday, I bring you a brand new full-length episode covering something from a wide variety of topics. And then every Friday, come meet up with me again for a mini What's in the News episode so you can stay up to date on everything that's going on in the world. Check out Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And rage on. Nintendo! So you can this, definitely tell folks. This bag says, Tobi dase, dobutsu no mori kande! Oishisa fruitsu, asoto kande! to NVC for the week of September 26th. My name is Jose Otero, and I will be your host. And we have, as usual, an excellent show planned for you today. Guests, please introduce yourselves. Well, hello there. I'm Brendan Graber. You might remember me from that uh, other NVC podcast where I didn't talk a lot and played video games. Well, now I get to talk this time. You were on the Pikmin episode, by yes. the way. Yeah, worst performing episode by far. <laughs> <laughs> but not your fault. Uh, I think it was because most people wanted to go into Pikmin 3 spoiler-free, and we didn't take that into account. Maybe they thought we would have spoilers. So this is the test, sir. Well, I'm ready to bring it down a notch one more time. Okay, yeah. If it happens again, that's all I'm saying. All right, next guest, who we have? Don't worry. We, we have Germans on the show, too. Germans make everything funnier. I'm half German. Oh, wow. Look at you. Um, hey, it's Pear. I'm okay. back. Yes. Yes. Uh, reunited again. That's right. I wasn't right. in Tokyo. No. You bastard. Did you listen to the episode? No. You usually listen. No, because oh. I was too pissed. Oh, okay. You missed it. Too much Monster Hunter talk, but yeah. uh, people seem to like it. Awesome. And lastly, we have... Hey, this is Chuck Osborne, managing editor. Th- th- this is my NBC debut, actually. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to the Nintendo Circle. How's it feel? 
Uh, it's awesome. All right. This is amazing. Excellent. Yeah. So <laughs> I've, uh, I've never been in this room before. Wow. Really? I, I, was wonder, I was wondering room. what you guys do in here. I wish we had the video camera uh, too this week, just so folks. Uh, I'm not sure. Folks should get to know Chuck. Chuck is really awesome, and he brought uh, wrote uh, Scribble Knots review this week. He also wrote a Phoenix Wright preview last week. So he's going to tell us all kinds of cool stuff about both of those games. It's actually funny. Maybe. Chuck. Chuck used to. Chuck and I used to work at, at the same company. Yes. Which one? Imagine Media. Many years ago. The I in IGN. Right. Really? Yeah, right. So Imagine I, Games Network. That's right. IGN used to be part of a different publisher, print publisher. You remember them from Next Generation Magazine and, yeah, and PC yeah. Gamer. PC and, you know, Gamer. They still have that in OXM and PSM. Yeah, there's and, ne- Next Generation, uh, official Xbox Magazine, PSM. Uh, they did Nintendo Power, actually, for a while. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah they took really? over. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And back in the days when we were part of that company, we actually put out like a special edition IGN 64 mag and all that stuff. So we did we work there at the same time? Uh, I th- at the very tail end. So I was there about a month or two before IGN uh, spun off. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. now so, we're back. So, but I remember you guys down in, in that bottom uh, office. Yeah. I, I, I remember distinctly where you guys were. So. That's right. It was loud and smelly. Yeah, over exactly. There. Yep. Yep. Really? Yeah. Mm, okay, yeah. interesting. All right, so where should we start? Actually, first, let's start with some goodies. So as most of you know, I was in Japan last week, and we had a special Monster Hunter episode. My apologies for that if you did not uh, like too much Monster Hunter talk. Coolest thing we found out last week, Pear, there are owl cafes in Osaka, and Keza was so thrilled by that. She wanted to stay uh, in Japan, like a couple more days to go down and check it out. Owl cafes. So you know they have cat, so what, they have what does cat, owl taste like? <laughs> so yeah. they have cat cafes where you basically hang out with these pampered cats and you know yep. do whatever. Dog cafes. Um, they also now have owl cafes. This is actually what I think it is. They're yeah. people who are just sitting there petting owls and yeah, having coffee. Basically, okay. they're all sitting around, and you have to make sure not to make sudden movements. <laughs> it <laughs> but, sounds like a store Animal Crossing. But it's, it sounds amazing. So I shouldn't bring a, my pet mouse in there then. No, not wow. at all. Not unless you uh, want to lose him. Um, wow. Yeah. No. So it was really cool. That um, sounds incredibly dangerous. I really wanted to go to one. I didn't have enough time, but I did have time to stop by at a candy shop and bring back some Kit Kats Yay. because that's important. <gasps> Yes. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, that's oh. right. So, Pear, why don't you give us the background on these Japanese Kit Kats and what makes them so special? Yes, I so just handed one around. This is a wasabi-flavored Kit Kat, and we're going to do a live tasting. But before we do, just some history. Yeah, I think unbeknownst to most people in the U.S. and, and Canada, um, Kit Kats come in many different flavors out there in the world. Mm. And, uh, you know, in, I, I remember in Germany, we, we always had blood orange Kit Kat. And Japan just took it to the next level where they turned it into kind of like this, this thing you get uh, when you travel. So every airport in Japan and every different prefecture has their own flavor. Okay. So like in the south, you may find, uh, you may find like a, 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 a Kit Kat flavored with hot spicy pepper. Or in the north, you have like a pear one or, you know, strawberry one. So uh, where'd you get this one? This is the wasabi one? Yeah, this is a wasabi no. flavored. So for folks who don't know what wasabi is, that's uh, some pretty powerful uh, spice, which I thought was really interesting for a Kit Kat. So I was like, well, we have to do a live tasting. So everyone quickly open up your, your Kit Kat. Just a nibble because we don't want to... We don't want to inundate listeners with uh, a lot of chewing and nasty stuff. I have a new goal in life. It's so, catch so, them all. So I have to admit that I've had these before, and, right. the, and, and this is my favorite. Oh, really? So. Okay, so I'm going to give you a bunch uh, for being on the show. That's your, that's your prize this week. Because I don't know if I'm going to like this, too. I just went through with it, right? Um, but if you like it's actually pretty good. I thought mm-hmm. it would taste more like wasabi, but it doesn't taste like it, wasabi. It, the, the wasabi taste is very mild. It, it's not spicy like you know real wasabi is. Oh, wow, you're right. I like it. Wow, that's surprising. I was ready to like 
I thought it was almost like hot candy. Okay, you start crying. No, actually, the the taste is very similar to uh, green tea. Yeah, or even like some kind of like a vanilla like chocolate. It, it tastes yeah. like, which surprises me because I didn't expect that at all. All of the Kit Kats are really good. I mean, they uh, even the pepper one. You you think it's just a gross out candy but it actually works so yeah, yeah wait so let's see stuff. how close this is to the green tea one so i also brought green tea so oh. very quickly <laughs> very quickly just just them, share one so, so sometimes you can get these in san francisco actually so this yeah. is uh, that's right in japantown i've seen uh, actually i went there once with a, a friend and uh, i just bought bunches of kit kats it was actually mm. kind of bad um there's a photo out there somewhere but thankfully he didn't tweet it um, oh, can you share one of those with, with Chuck? No, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, awesome. Yeah. No, have the green tea just just for comparison's sake. There is, if right. you eat too much on a podcast, there's actually the police will come. Oh, they'll kick the door yeah. down. Mm. Yeah, because it's it's gross. All the poor people listening. Mm. Um, it tastes eat. like green tea. That's good. Yeah. Does it? Oh, does it taste better than the wasabi one? I guess I like they're the wasabi better. The to be honest. Yeah. Chuck. I, I like them both, but wasabi is still my favorite. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. So well, there. Well, thank goes. you for sharing, man. Our. Uh, uh, yeah, no, no, no problem. Uh, so, yeah, that's our candy segment for this week. That'll never happen again. <laughs> Wait, we have what? one more, but we're not going to eat this one. But uh, I'm definitely going to share it around. So, I bro- I saw Animal Crossing wrapper. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you may have seen I tweeted about it, um, and I was really surprised. I brought it back. So, what is this Animal Crossing candy pair? Well, it's called Tobidase Dobutsu no Mori Candy, and it has four different flavors. Uh, it has. You, I think you can guess what the flavors are, right? It's peach, it's cherry, it's apple, it's orange. So they have the original town fruit colors on there and graphics on there. But are they perfect fruit? Mm, yeah, no, that's all I care about. I'm kind of sad that they don't yeah. have one based on the tangy cat. That was a tangerine cat. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, and it has uh, it has all your favorite characters on the uh, on the package. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, and each uh, each one comes individually wrapped with a different character on the wrapper as well. That's so. Japan. Japan, yeah. the, you know, the masters of producing garbage live there. It <laughs> is it is amazing that, how they they individually wrap wrappers. Yeah, can yeah. I trade you Jose for your sable? Oh yeah, totally. Wait, oh there he, there she is. Okay, awesome. I, I so have far. to ask though, what what's in the black box? Uh, oh, these are dark chocolate Kit Kats, which uh-huh. I like. Uh, a uh, friend of mine, friend of the show, Jeremy Parrish, put me onto these, and I tried them actually in the states, but I brought back some. So if you guys want some later, excuse me, you can take them. But but they're exactly like the same ones that are, the, that are made here. Then it's uh, it still comes from Japan. I'm not entirely sure actually. It should probably be the same thing. Yeah, they do yeah. some. This one says it's for it says uh, grown up, <laughs> grown up sweetness. It says on there. Yeah. Um, it's well, it's funny. Dark chocolate is more of an adult thing in my mind, but maybe I'm just yeah. thinking like a kid. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Great. So that's our candy segment this week. So I guess we should start talking about a couple of previews. So Chuck, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, Ace Attorney 5, the uh, Phoenix Wright game? Du- Dual Destinies. Well, the, yes. the the difference in this one, uh, as opposed to previous epi- uh, um, episodes in the series, is that it it, it introduces psychoanalysis. Mm. Uh, so you, 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 I know. Yeah, where, yeah. I love where this is going. This <laughs> and, is and, and no, it's it's not the it's not the real type of psychoanalysis like you know you would actually do where you would read someone's facial expressions <laughs> or notice minute behavioral tics or anything like that. Now that so Phoenix has a new assistant. Uh, her her name is Athena Sykes, and she has this amazing power. Which, which he says, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll change our lives forever or, or something like that. And basically all, all it is is that she is able to read people's emotions or, as she calls it, discord of the heart. 
And so, so where this plays into uh, the, the gameplay is that if someone's giving testimony, and, and you know how it normally works where you press someone for information or uh, if, if you see contradictions in their testimony, then you pre- present evidence. Yeah, um, and object. The and, and, and object, line. of course, yeah, of the, course. the signature Objection. line. And, yeah. the, and, and the, there's this big body blow and everything. And the, <laughs> Hold it. Yeah, the pros- <laughs> prosecuting attorney gets slammed into the wall. Yeah, um, they didn't have that on Night Court. That was my original like introduction to law, and nothing like that uh-huh. happened. So it was so different. But but so in her case, she has this. Uh, I think I think it's called uh, a motion matrix or, or something like that that she uses, and 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 basically she's able to read uh, the the testimony that that someone gives her and see their emotions. And see if there is an odd emotion that doesn't match. And and so in in the part that I played, uh, they were they were talking to uh, her her best friend was giving testimony because she was the one who supposedly uh, was on trial for uh, detonating this bomb in in court. And she was describing that as this fiery debris was falling on her, she was uh, afraid, but she was also a little happy. And, and and that's that's what that's what it was picking so up. She was and, clued into a that. pyromaniac. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so it's like, well, why is she being happy? And and so, <laughs> using this, they were able to press her a little bit more, and it found out that Apollo, right, had had jumped on top of her to help save her, and 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 he got injured as a result, and so that's why she was happy. Yeah, that seems a little sadistic that she was happy that, <laughs> but but I guess she was happy about being saved, or so that's she's a red in love herring. with Apollo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she sounds like a human polygraph machine. A- exactly, almost, right? that's uh-huh. that's what it is. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, okay. that, the thing, if you haven't played any of the Phoenix Wright games, I mean, they're kind of. They're they're a little bit like role playing games, a little bit like graphic novels, Visual little novel, kind of yeah. adventure, multi choice. Um, but they're really awesome because in a way they take themselves really seriously, but they're not right. No, right. Like yeah. they're completely and ridiculously over the top. But it's all done kind of like it, it looks as if it's trying to be serious, and then like everything just goes completely crazy. And, they're also you know, very well written um, and well hilarious. localized. They're really funny dialogue, really funny um, sort of observations that they make about the world. I played a demo for uh, this one. Uh, so what you played is actual campaign demo. I played yes. just a sort of an experience demo at PAX and was really surprised by a lot of the odd references. And Athena is a very animated character for, she- uh, for a sort of a human polygraph, right? It's right. just like super like putting her fist in her hand every couple of seconds, like, yeah, let's go do this. Um, And she also, oh, no, I wasn't going to mention her, but more like there was a funny reference where uh, you're looking through the guy's, like, a a house in the experience demo. You're just trying to find out what happened to Phoenix Wright because he's missing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you come across, like, trophies, and one of them was like, oh, this is the trophy for making the loudest towel snap noise. (laughs) And I was like, this is so bizarre. Um, But, but. You know, in line with those games, you know that's sort of par for the course. Yeah, there's not a lot of subtlety in, 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 in <laughs> no. these games. I mean, I mean, the dialogue is a lot of fun, but you can't take it that seriously. Mm-hmm. The the uh, lead witness for the for the police, he, he was the uh, bomb disposal expert. His name is Ted Tonate. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get it? Nice. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Um, I wonder if Shu Takumi is still writing those games because he wrote the last uh, – at least he wrote the initial ones. He also wrote Ghost Trick. Um, he's worked on some interesting games at Capcom. So I'm just looking that up really quick. But I think – I can't wait for this game, man. Yeah. I, I love they're bringing back uh, – they're bringing like the, the brother of uh, uh, Winston Payne back in this game too mm-hmm. like yeah, from yeah. the previous title. 
It's um, yeah, he, I, he's the uh, first prosecutor that you face. That's great. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I dig these. It's coming out what October twenty fourth. Uh, yes, 24th. that is correct. Yeah, and it's not Shutakumi. It's uh, another writer, Takeshi Yamazaki. I don't know his work, but uh, it's still the series was started by Shu. Cool. All right. Um, also, this week on IGN, we had a Scribble Knots review, which uh, Chuck, you penned yourself. You gave it a nine nine point one. Actually, okay. yeah, I, cool. I like it uh, quite a bit. Okay. Um, a huge part of that, of course, is because it has the DC Comics license, and I'm a huge DC comic book uh, hero fan. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, practically any character that you can think of is that that's in uh, DC Comics is in the game. Wow. Okay. And even some indie, there's an indie comic book character in it, too. And I mean, it's why is it called un- Unmasked, by the way, don't they? Be- because they wear masks. A, a lot of well, them don't that's wear... that's masked, not un- unmasked. Un- um, well, a lot that of them are unmasked, though. Superman doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> All right. Aquaman yeah. doesn't wear a mask. Fair enough. All right, fine. <laughs> Let's so, get the classes n- of masks. Not acceptable oh, yeah. explanation. So uh, Nintendo had a crossover with the last Scribble Knots on Wii U, and Mario and Link were in it, but you couldn't really... Do much with them, right? Wasn't that uh, at least one of Brian's criticisms was you couldn't tie an emotion to a you lot of them. You couldn't add any adjectives either to them. Yeah, like the adjectives wouldn't work. Oh, with you them. can. How you did can, that work with the DC? Characters? So you can definitely do that. So, so for example, uh, you, you know, if Batman's fighting somebody, but he's just not quite powerful enough. You can add an adjective like giant Batman, mighty Batman, powerful Batman, and make him bigger and stronger. Can you do undead Batman? Yes, you can. Oh, yes. man. Does the, he really the, have the, a zombie-like the, look? The Black Lanterns are part of the universe, and huh. so there, there are uh, Black Lantern versions of, um, I think, almost all the characters. That's wow. great. And and there are... A, so one of the cool things is that uh, Mr. Mixias Pitalik uh, shows up. He's, he's a longtime Superman villain, mm-hmm. and he's uh, magical. And, and so he presents these different challenges that are random and optional. And in one of them, uh, he makes everyone undead in the entire level. Like nice. even even all the citizens that are there to give to uh, ask for your assistance. Okay. And and they'll also attack you and, and make you undead. And so gameplay is still classic scribble knots. You have like a puzzle and you need to type in uh, words in order yeah. to solve those. Collect yes. star yeah. rights again. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And like the thing I used to always do in the old games was just to always create a helicopter with a rope and like lift everything <laughs> around or have a bazooka and take everything up. But uh, they limit that a little bit more now, right? Like there are more challenges. Uh, well, not necessarily because what's also cool about it is that there are these costumes that you can unlock for Maxwell. And so what I did was once I unlocked the Superman costume for him because it gives him flight, super strength, uh, 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 ice breath, and also heat vision. <laughs> so it's a, it's a pretty big power set. So once I had that unlocked for him, I just flew around everywhere using right. it. Nice. And does it make the game like super easy at that point, or are there no, still it does, challenges? It, it doesn't. It's it's still challenging because you still have to solve the puzzles. Oh, but yeah. but as far as just getting around, it makes things a lot easier. Yeah. yeah and it, in yeah, the last one, to gate a lot of the star rights. I want to say like um, you couldn't just get them by you know just conveniently climbing up to grab them anymore. It was more fulfill this request and the person will give you one instead. Right. Yeah. And they had the in the last one you couldn't reuse the same words in like three challenges, right? In order to get um, in some cases. Yeah. So you know you couldn't like if you had used bazooka once, you're like, 
you know, you got to come up with with another word for a bazooka yeah, yeah. or with another another weapon or another way to solve the puzzle, which I think is cool. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like those games a lot. My kids love them too. Yeah, if I remember right, also just asking, uh, this one's also really visual in that the things that they ask you to fulfill, they don't necessarily say. You just kind of have to pick it up based on like a word bubble or something, and it's always image based. Is that still a thing? Or, or uh, no, they'll, they'll actually ask you they'll with, ask with you? words. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I must be having memories of another scribble knots. That's weird. All right. No, but it sounds really awesome. Any other things sort of to point out that you feel were really noticeable or well handled? Um, I I just love the absolute breadth of the amount of research that they put into it. I mean, the, there are over 2,000 different DC comic book characters and objects in the game. Holy and God. they're all available to summon. So if you know anything, if, if you're a huge fan of DC Comics, your your enjoyment of the game is just going to rise incredibly. You know, nice. It's going to be exponentially more than if you aren't. Um, that said, I mean, you'll still enjoy it even if you aren't a fan yeah. but if, but if you are you know and you know who dr fate is for example you can summon him instead of just a regular medical doctor if someone needs assistance okay. uh get more reputation points that way you know got it so and it's, superman kryptonite he'll start dying things like that like yes. they react to these objects yes well. exactly if you're if you're right. attacked by bizarro you can uh type in blue kryptonite and that will weaken him. Okay. Nice. Yeah. nice, nice, nice. Wow. So it's, I mean, the, these games are always perfect for Nintendo platforms, I feel like, with the two screens, right? Like, you use the bottom screen for all the text entry, so the, the main screen is clear of any of that stuff. Right. Although on Wii U, actually, um, it duplicates. Oh, yeah? So so the, the, the screen on the tablet is the same that's on the TV. Also, you, it's just basically you can play it while turning off the TV. Right. Okay. Now, that's weird. I wouldn't have done that. Nice. So let's quickly, I forgot at the top of the show to bring this up, and we always start with this, but for some re- for some reason I forgot, and it's mostly because last week we didn't do it. Our question of the week from two weeks ago uh, was, what is your favorite Pokemon? So everybody in this room has to answer it, including me. And I tried really hard to think about it, and I wasn't sure. So I'm just okay. going to run with I'll start. I mean, I'm a... I like the classics. Like, I, I remember playing the original games. I mean, before, uh, you know, back with green and blue and red. So, you know, even the mm-hmm. Japanese version I played. So, you know, my, my favorite is still Charizard. I just think, you know, I like dragons, man. Okay. And I like orange dragons. But I'm also like, I like all the classics. I love Blastoise. And I also, I like Pikachu. I think Pikachu is just such an endearing character. Like, it's like you see that thing for, like, 10 seconds and you always remember it, right? Just because it seems, like, engineered for cuteness and being just memorable. and So, I think it's cool. Okay. So, uh, I'll quickly just go through some from the community just to toss them in. Uh, and then we'll, we'll jump back to uh, our own as well. So, let's see. We got a bunch of choices here. Actually, you know what? I didn't round this up. Someone else go first. There's <laughs> <laughs> right, way well, too much in here. Well, like Pear, uh, I think I really resonate with like the earlier games, like you know, Red and Blue, and also like kind of watching the anime. And like I think for me, it has to be Haunter, just yeah. because. <laughs> a, when I first found out about the Pokemon, I was like, so wait, is he a dead Pokemon? <laughs> is he a ghost that just looks like a Pokemon? And then watching the anime, they gave him so much personality. In that one episode where he like you know they made him like a prankster, he had this huge funny tongue he would lick people with out of nowhere. Yeah. And so like the second I got to capture him in the game, I was like, "You are my main Pokemon, not evolving you." Just I love this guy. He was so hilarious. 
We just recorded a Zelda um, uh, commentary, Jose and I. Uh, That's right. For Skyward Sword. Like, we, talk, we talked a little bit about the tongue thing. Mm-hmm. Ja- I mean, ja- Japan, in, in kind of Japanese folklore, whenever it comes to ghosts and creepy creatures, it's always they always have really long, nasty tongues. And so you'll see that in a lot of cartoons as well. And you see that, of course, in Skyward Sword with Girahim, who is just like this crazy David Bowie with a long That's tongue. That's a creepy so, tongue. Yeah. yeah, I guess, yeah. What about you? Do you have? Uh, do you play Pokemon? Oh, uh, you know, no, not really. But I'm gonna go with Machamp. Yeah, because he he's got four arms and he's ripped. So yeah. why not? Which is just you know. like Chuck minus two arms. He no, please. Well, he's hiding the ones under his shirt. They just don't come out that often. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. When everyone leaves to work work for the day, you just see uh-huh. they come out. <laughs> All right. So uh, some community ones. Uh, Bike versus car says Gengar has always been his favorite. Uh, he thought he was too old for for the Pokemon series to grab him. <clears throat> then he rented, excuse me, he rented a Pokemon Stadium at Blockbuster and, you know, really enjoyed it. Um, let's see. But he likes, Gen- basically, Gengar's Dream Eater is his deal, is his jam. Uh, let's see, what else? Favorite Pokemon from Jor77 is Alakazam. Uh, he just really liked the design Alakazam. and the idea of a psychic Pokemon. Kadabra. I just uh-huh. love that saying that over and over again. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Oh man. What about uh? That was the thing, right? On the Pokemon show, they would each say their names yeah. rather yeah. than like on the on rather the games than... where it was just a <coughs> chirpy, yeah, sound kind of thing. Well. All right. Let's see. Malinois said Haunter. Um, there you go. He, another Haunter guy. Cool. Yeah. Represent. That's right. Well, we also have another Charizard guy on Link ninety seven. Agrees with. Uh, That's well, right. Yeah. Agrees Good with choice, Pear. man. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. See who else we have. Uh, Skythers was uh, the favorite for the ruin. I was expecting more Mewtwo's. Me too, and I almost picked that one. Believe it or not, um, I was really close. And one more. Let's see, an interesting one. Hypnotoad. Yeah, <laughs> Master Zod. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Everybody right. loves Hypnotoad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. So uh, my favorite, um, or at least the one that stood out to me, I don't know if this is really a favorite, but I always thought Psyduck was a funny... Psyduck is awesome. Yeah, a funny character. Um, I almost said Magikarp because it turns into Gyarados, which is, you know, this harmless fish turns into like a big sea dragon. But, and uh, it can use Splash. Yeah, yeah. Yep. There's a metaphor in there somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Um, but no, I, I settled on Psyduck because the idea of a powerful psychic duck that just is always has a migraine was somehow funny to me. He's just always grabbing his head in the animation and in the art. I can't wait to see what he looks like in Pokemon X and Y. It's awesome. I still have somewhere at home, I still have old stickers from when Pokemon first came out in the West and all the names are still tentative when they had like... They hadn't decided on the final names because they were probably doing like uh, you know copyright checks on everything, mm-hmm. uh, trademark checks, and like uh, I have to look up what Psyduck was, but that Psyduck had a ridiculous name at the time. Um, it's just awesome, like you know now we've seen these names for more than a decade. You know, That's like right. it's been around for such a long time that they're kind of household names, and there's so many of them. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to find. So we have a. Did you know we had podcast forums on Facebook? Did you know about that at all? Because Craig knew and supposedly yeah, everyone yeah, has yeah. been. Huh? So they're still around. They're still yeah. there. Folks, um, maybe folks aren't as aware, but we used to have a – or we have a Facebook community that basically goes back and forth on news. They're a very polite, very fun bunch. Yeah, awesome um, I people. jump in there every once in a while to talk to them. 
and they complained to me recently that I don't acknowledge they exist. So here we are, <laughs> now acknowledging not only that the official Nintendo Voice Chat uh, podcast forums exist, but I'm going to try and find their Pokemon really quick. All right, cool. Because uh, they did list their favorite Pokemons, but uh, whoever started the thread insisted, I'm going to put them here so Jose has to come get them. Well, so while you job. look for it, we're going to talk about like the biggest news of the week. But, uh, you know, there are a couple of things. Like, uh, there's an indie game uh, on Kickstarter called The Fall um, from Over the Moon. And they just, you know, they passed the $29,000 mark. It's a, you know, small project. But at $29,000, they said they would support Wii U and Linux wow. um, before any of the other platforms. So, uh, you know, they, they want to get to 65K to do multi-platform. But yeah, it's this cool-looking game, man. It looks like Limbo kind of art style-wise, you know, like the shadow art. Um, but more like flashback, you know, where you actually have a gun. So it's like this platformer shooter, click uh, point and click adventure, or yeah, uh, looks really cool. And then of course, Mighty Number no. Nine um, made a little bit more money on Kickstarter. Uh, they hit mm. uh, two point two point five million dollars. That's so uh, console versions are happening. Yeah, right? that's Inafune, and he mm-hmm. he he says they're gonna do it for Wii U as well. You know, PS3, Xbox 360, and Wii U, and you know. With a console stretch goal reached, let's hope the Wii U version actually happens. That looks great. I mean, it's ba- it's the creator of Mega Man basically doing Mega Man, um, you know, without Capcom. Yep, without so, the suing part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Ega Ega Man. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so um, that should be really cool. No, they've been hitting stretch goals like crazy. Like yeah. they're doing really well. They have a great community there. Uh, friends of the show, Eight Four, um, the localization company located in Japan. They are handling community for that, and they're doing uh, weekly podcasts. They're doing like daily yeah. or weekly updates. Like they're really on the ball right now. Yeah, and, and um, you know, and it's great. <clears throat> Nintendo has obviously opened up their platform a lot more to support indies nowadays. You know, you don't have to be incorporated anymore. Like yeah. smaller. Uh, teams can can release and, and self-publish on the platform. So that's really great. And so, that means it's going to be fairly easy for these guys who actually output the Wii U versions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering, though, are uh, portable platforms on that list yet? I don't think they, they are. They are in stretch goals. They're not in stretch goals yet? Because no. they weren't from the start. And uh, I know that uh, Jules Watson at mm-hmm. Renegade Kid tweeted at them saying, yeah. hey, I'd like to be a part of this. I'm not sure if we talked about it on the podcast or not, but he did toss the offer out there over Twitter. And I hope someone's definitely considering it, right? Because a 3DS version and a Vita version of Mighty Number no. 9 would be, I think, a cool yeah. thing, right? And Jules is a talented developer to work mm-hmm. on, on platformers That's with. Right. So that'd be, uh, that'd be great. And then, of course, I mean, the biggest news of the week is uh, another Smash Brothers character revealed. Toon Link, so we're getting the Wind Waker edition of Link, new with newly shaded. You know your favorite, yeah. Jose. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was the one <laughs> one thing I complained about in my review, and there it is. Uh, yeah. But that's also on IGN. Yeah, no, this is good. I mean, yeah. some people were surprised because they thought we were going to get the A Link Between Worlds Link. You know, sort of yeah. short Hobbit-looking kid. Um, people also freaked out because of the uh, the one Toon Link stage on the um, on the, the DS. Yeah, the train mm-hmm. level, and you yeah. can see Link is the op- the conductor. So now yeah. it's going to be Toon Link and 
operator. Oh my god! The same stage. Well, there yeah. were four swords adventures. I'm sure there's some sort of like neat story like yeah. thing here. Oh, yeah. We'll see if he's exactly the same again. Whether he's just a you know different version of of Link with um with the same moves. Yeah, and this but, was just announced last yeah. night. As yeah. A matter of so fact. this yeah. just came out. So you know, so, uh, go to our wiki. Just search Smash Brothers Wiki IGN on Google. Yeah. You get there really fast. Uh, you can see all the other characters: Mario, Samus, Fox, Link, Pikachu, Pit, Bowser, Donkey Kong, Kirby, Mega Man, the villager from Animal Crossing, Wii Fit, Trainer, Pikmin, and Olimar, Luigi, and Princess Peach. Nice. So we got a good roster now. Um, they still no have... Ness. Still oh, yeah. No Come on. Insert character name here, which is always going to be a thing. I mean, they're doing it slowly. Whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Jose, how cool would it be if Toon Link's, one of his taunts, was take a selfie with a pictograph? Uh, it could be cool. <laughs> I would love if they put that in <laughs> it there. It would be cool. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. That would be pretty cool. Uh, I found the, found the their responses. Yeah, I actually found it a while ago, but I let you keep reading. Let's hear it. So uh, Joey Steiner started the thread. So shout out to Joey. And uh, he his pa- favorite Pokemon was Wabuffet. Um, he just thinks. Boing, boing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. So in our comments, we also have Articuno from Peter. Yeah. Uh, Scyther from jo- uh, Josh Epstein. Uh, let's see. We'll read like two or three more. I was so happy when I first got Articuno. I yeah, like Scyther. When it was a wee lad. Samurott, because of that stash from J.D. <laughs> Keller. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, so guys, we acknowledge you exist. Look them up on Facebook, Nintendo Voice Chat Podcast Forums. Um, they're not officially moderated by us, but the community there is pretty cool. They, they honestly do a way better job of moderating than <laughs> we ever could. So yeah. hats off to you guys. You're great. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, any other news this week? Yeah, there's a couple about, more uh, things. There's yeah. uh, a 3DS sales. You know, you, you might talk a little bit about Monster Hunter in a second, but Monster mm-hmm. Hunter 4 obviously is bolstering 3DS sales in Japan, and it just surpassed the original Wii sales. So, you know, we've seen... 12.7 million sales of 3DS um, handhelds in Japan uh, versus 12, 12.6 uh, Wii's. You know, of course, the Wii was a humongous success out of Japan, outside of Japan. That's sold right. over 100 million units worldwide, whereas the 3DS sold, you know, more than 30 million units so far. Yeah. Um, but that's a huge, a huge chunk of that in Japan. So yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, portable gaming is such a big part of that culture there versus say here. But Monster Hunter did extremely well last week. Yeah. So I've sunk it in 10 hours too. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Once I learned how to vault using the new bug staff, it was over. Like I j- all I want to do is play Monster Hunter. But it sold, I think, t- close to two million in roughly three to Jesus. four days, which was. And you street pass in Japan with a, a, a lot of folks, and they're all playing Monster Hunter. I would say three out of four people that I would street pass with were each playing Monster Hunter because it was. I mean, it's the hot new thing, but it's it, it needs to be stated just how big that is over there, um, and also. Um, even going to uh, one of the places that fascinated me while I was over there was stopping by Yorobashi. Uh, Yorobashi is sort of the big Best Buy of Japan, right? Mm-hmm. It's this big uh, store that, you know, you can buy a bunch of electronics. There's like five or six floors. It's pretty big, maybe taller than that. I forget. So correct me if I'm wrong and you live in Japan. But uh, there's a street pass area right outside of the store that is blocked off with cones. And people would just go in, street pass, uh, you know, clear out their queue or play Monster Hunter together. It was it was just surreal to me. I'd never seen anything like that. And people come from all That's over Japan. Awesome. Wow. We have that here. Just go street really pass. Cool. I feel yeah. like we need to do another street pass event. You know, we've done one mm. like over over a year ago where we invited people to come by. So I, I, I call it E3. Yeah, E3 yeah. is pretty That's good true. for that. Yeah. Obviously, any big gaming event, but you know, just kind of they they happen so you know so 
Well, there were rarely street pass. Like there was a big street pass sort of organization, right? There yeah. was street pass NYC, street pass SF. If I'm remembering their names right, and they were coordinating sort of weekly or monthly things with with other sites. But uh, yep. I think you're right. I think it is about well, time we had another one at IGN. We should take a show of hands. I mean, if you are if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area or you would drive here, um, come and visit us in, in San Francisco. If you're interested in that, send us an email at nvc at IGN.com. Let us know if that would be something we would make the trek out for. And if there are enough people who raise their hand, um, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, and, and bear in mind, this would be a really cool thing. And, you know, some folks have reached out to me and said, well, why does Podcast Beyond get to have so many events and so many people i'm like well those people will come like we find that out ahead of time so this is your chance you with the headphones listener to sort of put out there would you be willing to come over to ign and yeah. hang out with you us know, maybe come over yeah <laughs> you want to play come on maybe record a live nvc yeah we could do that it. kind of yeah. stuff if there are enough people if there are enough people who are interested we'll definitely do sure. something we'll buy All your right. pizza too let us know. Um, so one final piece of news quick uh, is uh, FIFA Legacy Edition. Have you heard about Tell that? me about this. So I FIFA 14 Legacy Edition. Uh, you know, the game obviously has some new features uh, on on 360 and so so forth. It just came out. Um, there is another version of FIFA 14, and it's called FIFA 14 Legacy Edition. It's almost full price. Um but it doesn't have anything new. It only has roster changes. So, you know, EA is being a little cheesy on that one. Wow. And, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who defends EA a lot. Uh, I actually think they innovate far more than people give them credit for, but not mm-hmm. in this case. And, you know, honestly, it's probably because they think the market is too small. But they're releasing FIFA Legacy Edition for Wii, the original Wii, uh, for 3DS and PS2. And they're basically last year's games just with new rosters. Okay. So, I mean, it makes sense just because the install base on those consoles are still really big and at least in some other countries that's still yeah. some folks primary game machines so yeah look i mean i hope though I, it, it would be i would be happier about it if it was like a 20 dollar price point but it's like yeah. twice that you yeah know? That's and kind of and crappy. also you i hope they make it really clear that this is not a new game because somebody bought last year's game and buys this one is going to be really really disappointed yeah. right like then i wish it would just be a roster download or mm-hmm. an update and then there's no wii u version right they EA, once again yeah, EA at one point said the market's just not big enough for these games for, uh, you know, the, the FIFAs and the Maddens on the Wii U platform. And, you know, I mean, that may be, that may be uh, true, but, of course, it doesn't help the, the platform grow either. Yeah, to, to be fair uh, in their defense, during the Wii era, they did try constantly to change up Madden, they to did. change up FIFA. And each time they were met with sort of low sales, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they tried, tried an all-star. They started, yeah. tried rebranding with like an all-play or all-play control yeah, all-star. Yeah, they did the mainstreamy version, right? Like Basically. for more family-friendly controls. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. so I, I can't fault them um, for it. I just, you know, like I love the idea of a legacy edition. Like mm-hmm. if you want to have an up-to-date game that may not have all the features and you didn't play last year's game, but then make it cheap. Then yeah. it's got to be twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Seriously, that, that I completely agree on. That this is just artificially inflating the price of an old game, you yep. know. So, mm-hmm. any any Madden or FIFA players in the house? I used to play FIFA. Just putting that out there. I, I love FIFA. I mean, I I do play the game still, and you know, we usually uh, obviously it's bigger in the UK and in Europe um, mm. than it is over here. But you know, there's, yeah. there's a fair amount of people who play that. Oh yeah. Yep. How about you two? Um, not for a long, long time. <laughs> okay. Back in my cousin's house in Boston, we used to play it a lot. Uh-huh. That was that was a decade ago. Okay. Yeah, not not me. There aren't any DC superheroes in it. Ah, so. best selling best selling yeah. sports game in the world. So EA, you heard it here. 
give Chuck DC superheroes in the next FIFA. <laughs> Batman and soccer. That's and, right. And That's right. Day one. I would play it. I would yeah. play it. That would actually be a pretty rad idea. I don't know. Superheroes playing soccer. None of the kind of action uh, soccer games actually sold. You know, yeah. like obviously we Unless had Mario. The Mario soccer game. Yeah, yeah, but even those didn't do that well either. You know, mm-hmm. considering that it had all these beloved characters in it. Yeah, true. A Marvel versus DC soccer game. Now that oh, would probably I, work. It would well. never happen due to no. licensing issues, uh-huh. but man, I would uh-huh. love to play. Yeah, that. and every game would have to end in a tie because that's, that's what right. happened when they met in the comics, right? It was like, oh, this ends in a tie. Uh-huh. No one won. It's like, well. Well, there's always a misunderstanding, and then they become friends exactly. and, 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 and join together to fight against the greater villain. You just described the plot of Superman and Batman. Uh, <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah. probably. Yeah, right on this podcast. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, so uh, more news this week. Um, or Before I go into what's new on the eShop uh, this week, which is a weekly feature you can find on IGN, maybe I should talk a little bit about um, our Shinji Mikami interview. Because yeah. he talked about Resident Evil Remake, and I was really... Um, sort of surprised because he brought it up. I wasn't going in, you know, so we had an appointment to talk to him about The Evil Within, which is their new uh, survival horror game. It's being published by Bethesda Softworks. Unfortunately, uh, not coming to Wii U also. It's just wah, wah. Yeah, Bethesda is just not on the not yeah, they've, the they've, they've yeah. been uh, on record with that. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. haven't been, right? GameCube, Wii, they've just kind of sat back and, not you their know, focus, yeah. we'll see what's going on. But anyway, I'm talking to him about, you know, survival horror and where it is today. You know, I'm a big fan of the way survival horror used to be. Uh, the old classic Resident Evil that even though it had tank controls and people used to ding on them for having um, sort of these weird camera angles and, and all of these things, I still felt like there was a genuine suspense there because not only was it uh, the camera angles would change with each sort of transition, but you you were kind of battling with the controls to get that headshot or to get a shot yeah. on these zombies. And they made it easy with each easier with each iteration, but Resident Evil 4 completely changed the template, right? It was less of a scary focus and more of an action focus, more of a redefinition of what survival meant. Yeah. So we talked about it, and he brought up uh, basically that Resident Evil remake um, – you know, had done very poorly sales-wise, at least below expectations. And that caused, you know, his team to really rethink how Resident Evil 4 was going to be done, right? Mm-hmm. Most people build uh, RE0, excuse me, which was a sequel that came after that, both games on GameCube, by the way, Remake and Zero, um, as sort of that turning point. But it was like, no, they were actually thinking about that even before. Um, so that was a, a big surprise, right? And Remake is one of my favorite Resident Evil I games. I love that game. It was that so good. That game was so good. It was, it was only on GameCube, which may have been part of the problem oh, why well, it yeah. didn't sell well. Yeah. yeah. But it was so good. Top to bottom, everything was changed, right? The mansion got new rooms. Yeah. There were new story characters added in, new plot lines like, uh, like Lisa Trevor, that creepy like sort yeah. of zombie bag weird thing thing hiding yeah new dialogue uh you know just top to bottom visual gameplay everything was overhauled i don't think any remake was as extensive as that remake and that may be a bold claim what i love about that game is that it totally screws with you because yes if you had if you've played uh, the original resident evil you kind of know where the nasty points in that game are you know you know you open this door and then you know a certain type of character uh, will will start appearing throughout the house. In this mm-hmm. game, they can actually open the door, right? Doors in the in the remake, and then of course the the pivotal scene where the dogs jump through the window. Yep. Like they have fun with that kind of stuff, where you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen, and then it doesn't happen. Which I I just thought was so brilliant that they didn't just do a shot for shot recreation. Yeah. Um, but I mean, putting those games in in context. 
back when those games were being played and were popular, there were a lot of voices from uh, gamers and the press saying, enough with the tank controls, enough with the fixed mm -hmm. camera angles, right? Yeah. Can you do it differently? I, and I do believe that they could have done it. I believe that they could have had a suspenseful game where you're low on ammo and not always solving everything by killing, but fix some of those issues like controls and um, and camera angles. Sure. Right? And there, there are lots of indie games nowadays who build amazing suspense and who mm -hmm. are basically kind of inherited this survival horror genre, yeah, that's right. you know, where you're hunting pages in the forest or, you know, you're doing all these different things and it's just about survival. Yeah. yeah. Um, just, just to put one more bit of this into context. Uh, so one of his quotes, with Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3, um, all the rest of the series before Resident Evil 4, I was always saying to the staff, scaring the player is the number one thing. But for the first time in Resident Evil 4, I told the team that fun gameplay is the most important thing. That's what I said. The second thing would be nothing. He didn't give them real direction for that. But the third thing to the team he, he would convey is then it has to be scary. So fun, fun gameplay kind of became sort of the, the key pillar. And, you know, RE4 was fantastic, but it just lost some of that edge, right? Because there was a lot of ammo lying around. But the, but the situations were so intense, and you still had to use your head the, to survive. And that was the real cool part, right? You had to take down crowds by shooting them in the kneecap or something. But there were plenty of scary moments, like waiting for that elevator, man. That was traumatizing. Uh, true, you're true. running around, and you're just trying to survive long enough for the elevator to come down. Like, it had genuine scares, and then it had a lot of gunplay, you know? Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's possible to do something that's a good mixture of both, you yeah. know? And, like, some people, you know, who are listening will point to Zombie U as a game that has action and kind of like the survival kind of scare thing where sure. you're looking away from the screen to look through your backpack. Um, I, I didn't think that game was that successful. I thought it was, I thought it was fine. But, yeah. um, you know, Resident Evil Remake and the original Res Resident Evil games were just so much better, I think, at it. Yeah. What they did really well, by the way, was always show you something that was scary but not do anything with it. And you're yep. like, oh man, look at that giant shark in the tank, you know? And yep. like, and then you know eventually that thing is going to get yeah, out, but yeah. you don't know when. And yeah, I thought that yeah. was brilliant. They yeah. did such a good job with that. Did either of you have any experience loving Resident Evil? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, there's two different kinds of really good horror games. There's the ones that you see a lot today, like the indie versions like, you know, Outlast or Amnesia, That's where right. you don't have any weapons and your your goal is to get scared and to run away. And then there's these other things, Resident Evil, where you have guns, but they're not always that effective. And I think that's another really good brand of horror is knowing that you have a weapon, you can fight, but you're not always going to win just by pointing a pistol at someone and shooting. Yeah. You have to think on your feet, you have to keep moving, and having all these jump scares and like unpredictableness of the series, I think, really adds a lot of edge to it. So you're not always, you know, the guy who has a plan. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I can I, see. <clears throat> I really like the first one at that window in time, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. when it first came out. Sure. But, but yeah, I, I had no patience for the tank controls okay. and, and getting stuck in a situation where you're watching from, from this fixed camera angle while you're trying to shoot at a zombie that's off screen and you're wasting ammo. Yeah. And, well, and resources uh, were so important, right? I yeah, mean, the exactly. minute you're out of ammo, you're done exactly. for, and that's part of the scare. So I'm, I'm all for better. Fun gameplay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't normally do this uh, with interviews, but this was Shinji Mikami, and this was my first time. And I'm only full disclosure. Um, you know, I, I asked him to sign something. I, <laughs> I, again, I don't normally do that because I feel like we shouldn't do that. It's uh, abusive access, whatever. But for the first time, I did. 
And I took out, I brought a copy of Remake with me, which was the thing I wanted him to sign. You know what his reaction was to that? Mm-hmm. First of all, he said yes, but then he was like, you are the first person who's ever brought Remake for me to sign. That's crazy. Huh. And he was Aww. like, you know, sort of, not flabbergasted, but he was just very surprised and happy about it. He was like, yeah. no one ever asked me to sign this. And I'm like, wow. I know, it's a little different. Like, you, you wouldn't take Twin Snakes and have Kojima sign it, right? Mm. Because it's, it's, it's a remake where he wasn't quite as much involved. That's right. but, yeah. but this, he drove this remake. Make, yep, right? That's right, and so that that surprises me that yeah. there aren't more people. Same, yeah. He said everyone brings the first Resident Evil yeah. or Resident Evil Four, and, and you said this was his favorite, right? Uh, yeah, he says that it's one of his favorite things he ever he's worked on. Yeah, yeah. yeah he did bring that up in the interview. Great game. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, um, maybe someday there'll be the hundredth anniversary edition. And I just want an HD version of it, man. Be... Somebody out there, if you know people at Capcom, start a petition or something. Like, I would love to see it come back. I know the the tank control thing would get <laughs> slammed, but man, yep. Yeah. yeah. So what else we got? Uh, Animal Crossing. It's the end of the month. Remember, boot up again. Oh, actually, if before the end of the month, it's your last chance to uh, catch a whole bunch of butterflies and diving beetles and mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are going away. Okay. If you haven't caught one yet, which is insane, you probably have so many of them. At least mm-hmm. if you're playing legit, you can always change the system clock. Yeah, you know, I, I, will nev- I would never do that. Yeah, Rainbow stags, scorpions, get them now because they're all going to be gone. You know, Some of the fish you can always get on the island, so don't worry about it. But uh, next month, you're going to get uh, bagworms and ladybugs and yellow perches and cherry salmons and stuff so nice. um yeah have fun have you ever collected everything in an animal crossing just curious i think i did yeah yeah i think i did you say that almost with shame <laughs> no because it becomes an obsession right i wish there were better tools to keep track of what you donated mm-hmm. you know in yeah. the game yeah like that's always the thing i'm like i know i've caught this but did i donate this so yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I was going to buy in Japan. They have a thick volume. I think they sell this in the States, too. Of uh, It's sort of an inventory book of everything that you can find in that yeah. game. I was so tempted to buy it. But, I mean, yeah. it wasn't English. I might as well get the English one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, and then Mario and Peach are going to get married, right? It's well. about time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If you love it, then you should have put a ring. Well, exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, Nintendo does this great thing. You know, they put out a screenshot of Smash Brothers every day. And we collect them on our wiki, Smash Brothers wiki. Just search, search the site for it. Um, and uh, they put out a shot where it looks like Mario is putting a ring on Peach's finger, but obviously it's the, f- the ring that's always on her finger. It's just kind of a stage shot, and they, when she they have has a lot her of fun. Idle animation. She adjusts her glove, and then that's what they got it from. That's it, yeah. yeah. But it really—I mean—they obviously did it on purpose. It just basically looks like they're tying the knot. But, well, yeah. I, I kind of wonder. So now that the romantic tension might be going away, do you think people will lose interest in the series? Yeah, they're not going to save her anymore. They're <laughs> just going to go fix some. Yeah, it's like, like my yeah. wife is in another castle. Who cares? Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, this yeah. could spawn a whole new <laughs> spin-off of Mario Wedding Party. Mario <laughs> Kids. You, yeah, you get all these mini games that you know, spam A to not cry when Toads are doing like the, the toast. Yeah, if the baby comes out and it's Toad, you know something's up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's sorry. a divorce time. <laughs> did you ever, uh, Brian Altano and Naomi, Naomi Kyle actually did a video, like just in the, in, you know, after hours they shot it here in the office where it's just married Mario and Peach. Do you ever really? see that one? No, oh, yeah. And it's basically Brian is just a stereotypical uh, I- Italian. Just like married with yeah. children. Yeah, no, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Uh, search for that. Just search Brian Altano, Naomi Kyle, Mario video. You'll find it. I'm sure it's embarrassing and amazing. And, and Luigi's just always coming around, <laughs> like, hanging out. Hey, that's right. It's the year of Luigi. Is there anything so, else coming, Otero? Uh, you know what? We asked Reggie that during our interview, uh, like a month, month or two months ago, when we mm-hmm. talked to him about the 2DS, and he said it's. 
not over, but he didn't go into any specifics. All right. Yeah, it's like there may be more coming. We're waiting with bated breath. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. All right, so this week on the eShop, unless there's any more news. Uh, so what do we have? Let's see. 3DS Retail Games, Etrian Odyssey, Untold, The Millennium Girl, which we have a review up on IGN. You can check it out. It was by Brian Albert, I believe. Am I saying this? Mm-hmm. Is yes, 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 that's yes, correct. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thirty nine ninety nine available October 1st. He liked also, it. Yes, he did like it. Yeah. Uh, anybody remember when he gave it? Uh, I don't I remember the score. That. Yeah, Pear's yeah. going to look that up real quick. Uh, but he, it, it was favorable, and this is a remake of the first, um, a, a remake of the of an Etrian Odyssey game. Excuse me. Um, there's a demo right now on the eShop, and your progress from the demo can be carried over into the final game, which is very convenient. So if you are at all interested, you should check that out. Eight point five. There you go. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, let's see. Anybody know Room Factory Four? Because I don't. No. Nope. No. Sort of Harvest Mooney. Yeah, that's also available. Thirty nine ninety nine. Available October first. On Virtual Console, Donkey Kong Three. That's yeah. when uh, you know yeah. it started going downhill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh-huh. go out so, and get it. Yeah, yeah, not not recommended. But if you are someone who wants to find out for yourself, it's out there. There's a Shin Megami Tensei for sale. Uh, it's going to be forty bucks uh, until October fourteenth. So that's ten bucks cheaper. There's a runner it's two a game, sale. Right? Yes, no, it yeah. is a really good game. Prepare to get kicked in the nuts though, really hard at the start. This game does not fool around. Uh, Mega Ten is known for that, so be prepared. Runner two is on sale, thirty three percent off. It's going to be available for nine ninety nine. Chasing Aurora is also on sale. It's going to be four ninety nine until October fourth. Um, and there's a few others. Yeah, and you can check this out. Uh, this feature is called the This Week in the eShop. It's by a friend of the show, Neil Ronakin, and you can check it out on IGN. Yep. You should check a lot of things out on IGN. You should check out uh, Zelda Week. Zelda Week. Zelda yeah. Week. Yeah. All week. All week. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, just uh, we just posted a, a music montage, right? Like the greatest music moments the from the game. That was fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, every single Zelda game ever, and they got all those assets with the video. Yeah. yeah was... the, the most fun part of my day was walking by Brendan's desk when he was playing Zelda 2 because he was so <laughs> frustrated. <laughs> I'm really? sorry. Oh my God. It's, just, it's been too long, and I'm just like, I can't deal. I have to get, like, and we were doing the feature on the, the instruments. And so the recorder is like, you know, in the third or fourth dungeon. Yeah. And I had to get through Death Mountain. And like I just can't get through it without dying three times. So it's like, oh, you need save, save states on save, that yeah, bad boy. Save states, yeah. save me from this. Here's the good news: your effort will not go wasted because we are going to play through every Zelda game ever with that our started. let's plays. Yeah, and I'll this be week. Back. Yeah, so you know, right. in in order of uh, of story progression. So. You know, you've got a little bit of time to get better at Zelda <laughs> too. Yeah, caring. we're gonna need you. Yeah. Um, also, uh, there there have been a bunch of great features this week um, that we've had up on the site. That's one of them, a video feature. Uh, there's also an excellent, the Legends Behind Legends of Zelda mm-hmm. feature by Todd Siolik, which is fantastic. He brings up a lot of names that you may not be familiar with. I mean, everyone knows Aonuma, Miyamoto, and Tezuka, but the, here is a whole roster of people, yeah, unsung heroes. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and some folks who have been uh, with the franchise since like the original game or, right. or the second title so it's pretty amazing you know some of these guys are just in the background but had has have had such an influence on the on the franchise yeah it's good to recognize them yeah and uh, and we have more to come this week so you should definitely check that out also uh our let's play series will be starting saturday i think publishing time is like 10 p.m pacific and uh we're going to be running that every saturday 
for the next couple at least. Um, so definitely check that out. Well, we started this week with Skyward Sword. We were in there for, do we want to tell them how long? I, we were playing for like 45 minutes or something. 45-minute so video, yeah. We, we have to go a little shorter. No, mm-hmm. no, nobody wants to sit that long and listen to us talk, right? Unless, uh, you yeah. know what? Go watch it. And if you think it was too long, please let us know. If you think it was an appropriate length, let us know that too. I yep. apologize for the combat. I was sitting down. I need to play that game standing up, swing the sword. I can't do it sitting down. I just... I don't know why. Yeah, I was it's noticing okay. during the video, I was right to tell you, you slash sideways, what are you doing? <laughs> all right, well, fair enough. We're not judging you. No, Just not at all. A little bit. All right, and I guess that's our show for this week. We need a question of the week, though. So what's it going to be? Question of the week. Did we ask for a favorite Zelda game yet? Since we're uh, starting the, the I feel like through? on the site, that's been I feel asked like a we've bunch done of times. That, that, that yeah, was asked. That's been done. Yeah. yeah, let's not I do really that. I should Link pop the question to Zelda. It's been... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, they're yeah. getting married. Yeah. What about us? Mm-hmm. That would... That would uh, yeah, I guess. You know, Zelda would oh, catch I, the bouquet at that wedding. I got a really mean, mean question that we could ask. Okay. Question of the week. Okay? All the Nintendo published franchises, if you had to get rid of one, which one would it be? Ooh. Mm. That's so we're talking, you know, Metroid, Animal Crossing, Kid Icarus, Smash Brothers, um, and Mario Party, F Zero. I, I know. A Does lot Wii of... Music count? It only had one game. <laughs> no, Wii easy, Music. Easy mode. Yeah. No franchises. Anything that had a sequel. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to be sure. Yeah. All right. Let's hear it, that. guys. Uh, you can leave a, a comment on, on the article that hosts this podcast on IGN, or you can email us at nvc at IGN.com. And if your comment is awesome, we'll read it on the air, of course. Like uh, Abdul's email, which he uh, sent us. He sent uh, a nice note just reminding everybody uh, about how to comment on IGN the, the proper way. And he said, you know, in recent months, uh, changes to the rules at IGN have helped improve the commenting culture in a noticeable way. Thanks for noticing. It's there's actually a lot of work behind the scenes of, of folks moderating comments and a lot of uh, community moderators donating their time to help out too. But he still says there's still a lot of work to be done. He says... Um, at some hardcore gamers who tend to incite platform-specific arguments which drag many others into the fray. Uh, you, you are absolutely right, Abdul from England, by the way. Um, you know, If you're a Nintendo fan and you see that happening, somebody comes into a Zelda review and just you know talks smack and, and talks about the Xbox One or the, or, the, or the PlayStation. Remember, that person is not representative of people who love games and love platforms, uh, uh, you know, love all these different platforms. That's just one guy who probably doesn't have the money to buy by the Wii U as well. So be kind. Just ignore these folks. You don't Rise have to above. get mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're yeah. you're better than them. You know Zelda is good. No need to defend it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and thanks for standing up and, and you know having your voice heard, but definitely keep in consideration that, you know, tone and all that. I mean, sometimes I'm in there, you know, trying to talk people down or, you know, kill it with kindness. But um, at the end of the day, if you do your part and ignore them, it does better for all of us, right? Yeah, much and I, I, there's always a great person you can cite in moments like that, the big Lebowski, who said, well, that's just your opinion, man. There you go. All right, so very quickly, let's go around the room, uh, drop your Twitter handle and uh, something that you're working on. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Raga underscore Fraga, that's R-A-G-G-A underscore F-R-A-G-G-A. And right now I'm currently publishing the Wind Waker HD video walkthrough, which you can find on IGN Gameplay, as well as our wonderful uh, revamped uh, Wind Waker wiki that I know Paris is working on helping uh, fill out the map, and I'll be working on it too. 
once I can get the game back from my daughter, man, she's just like... Yeah, she's yeah. loving that, huh? Yeah. No, she's like way farther already in the quest than I am. So, so, so you're playing on hero mode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How's yeah, that I am too. Walkthrough? Oh, you are I am too. too. Here's the thing. Like, have you have you noticed the subtle differences to the original? Oh, yeah. We, I actually put the... If you go to the wiki and go to Wii U version, yep. I compile a whole list of all the wonderful little differences they put in. You wouldn't even realize half of them like... Not being able to turn in the GameCube version, you can do that now with uh, on the hook shot. Yeah, the grappling hook. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, just plenty of little differences you can go find out. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, that's right. You had to stop uh, swinging yeah, in stop, the original, yeah. and then you could turn, but not while you're swinging. There are other things like uh, you know when you first come to Windfall Island, you want the sail. Uh, in the original GameCube game, you just walk up to the guy on the right counter, you get the sail. In this version, he goes like, "Oh no, you got to f- free my friend." Yeah, and that's you know, how so they inserted they tingle. Add, into they the add story. the tingle quest and make it actually mandatory. So there are all these little changes. They have new treasure maps as well, yeah, right? Yeah, like five new changes. treasure maps to make yeah. up for the Triforce charts yeah. which are now gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which and is awesome. Yeah, and t- saving Tingle also prompts a later messages from him where he mails you mm-hmm. basically, hey, this is a map where you can find some stuff. And then yep. later in the quest, he says, hey, here's where you can find five Triforce pieces. Have fun with that and bring me any maps that you find. So if you're playing the HD version, you got a couple of minutes to donate. Um, head to our wiki uh, on IGN and help edit some of the pages. We want the walkthrough to have both versions in it. So if there's something that's GameCube specific, just kind of put in front of it, note in the GameCube version, do this. In the Wii U version, just, just help other players out where the differences are just in case we didn't spot them all and put them in there yet i was hoping someone would have found uh you know how when a link to uh excuse me when ocarina of time was re-released there were a bunch of little nods just a handful actually mm-hmm. to skyward sword yep uh, so far i have not heard anyone say they found anything like a hidden thing in uh yeah in wind waker so keep your eyes peeled yep. ladies and gentlemen and let us know an email form look back now yeah cool yeah all right <laughs> what about your twitter i'm uh chuck on games at, at, on, on Twitter, so come and follow me. And right now, uh, so I haven't actually even started playing it yet, but I'm going to be reviewing uh, Star Wars Pinball on 3DS. Nice. nice. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I can't wait for that. So for the latest Star Wars Pinball news, follow Chuck on Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And I'm Pear IGN. Very easy. Um, follow me. Give me a shout out on, on Twitter, and I will definitely respond to you. And uh, definitely keep the feedback coming. Let us know what you liked about the podcast, what you didn't like, and you know, email us, nbc yeah. at IGN.com. Yeah, and thanks a lot for all your support. Uh, we've said it before, but I'll say it again. It's been uh, fantastic so far hearing both the good and the bad so please don't be afraid to point out things we're doing wrong although i feel most people aren't my twitter handle is at jose underscore otero just my name and uh next week well i can't say what's coming out next week but i can say i uh i just started my big review uh for a big game that is coming out Hmm. um that's all i can really say right now so do some digging you may find out and that's our show Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week with a very special guest, uh, and next week's episode will be a lot, a lot, a lot of talk about Wind Waker. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Uh Uh-uh. Not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often?